In this edition of Locked On Capitals, your Washington Capitals fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning by a score of 6-3. to three. What happened? Let's talk about that game on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about your Washington Capitals as they fall to the lightning by a score of six to three. What happened in a couple days? How do you go from beating a team to losing so by such a large margin? We'll talk about that in the show. We'll talk about Darcy Kemper and ultimately why was he pulled? We'll talk about the struggling Caps offense, but just to get it going here, uh, you know, what a strange game it was. You know, like I talked about just a couple days ago, the Washington Capitals beat the Tampa Bay Lightning by a large margin. They beat them by a score of five to one. What happened in two days uh, is so strange to me. You know, the biggest thing for me, what happened is that the Capitals were not engaged from the very moment the game started. From the moment the puck dropped, they were not engaged. But you want to know who was engaged? The Tampa Bay Lightning. Yes, they came in fully engaged, ready to take on this Capitals team, and they hit this team with both barrels. This was a game that saw Connor McMichael get slotted in uh, because of Abe Kubel's uh, uh, suspension. He had his opportunity, but it was just, it was a rough game out there. It was a game that saw the Tampa Bay Lightning jump to a four to nothing lead. Uh, and they had the lead and they just kind of were clobbered the Capitals in the first 20 minutes. The second period, there were times for me that it seemed like the Capitals were inching their way back into it, but ultimately it was too much for the Caps to handle. They could not handle the offensive power of the Tampa Bay Lightning. The other big thing, the Capitals' power play was ineffective. I think that the PK for the Lightning was stifling. They didn't really allow for any opportunities. It was kind of a cat messing with a mouse moment there where they would get the puck, but then they would just shoot it all the way back down the net, uh, to the other side of the ice. And it just created great frustration, I guess you could say, for the Capitals as they had a hard time trying to get any traction in this game. There were no real moments that I thought there's a chance they're inching their way in there. I know that the, a lot of the broadcasters like to try to sell the game like, well, there's a goal. There's a chance right there. But you know that when you're down by such a large margin, unless the other team totally falls flat on their face, you're not going to pick up a win. And uh, it was tough sledding for this Capitals team the entire game. 
there has been a, a, a fighter that has come to the forefront on this team. Irwin got into two fights. That was most interesting. I got to say, you know, when he was fighting Maroon and he got into those fights tonight, it didn't look it didn't look like he had a lot of experience fighting. I got to say, I got to give him an A for effort uh, for, you know, trying to be team tough and stand up for his team. But for me, it didn't really look like, you know, he had a lot of experience fighting. But, you know, it's one of those things that there's no other players on this team that are picking that up, that they want to be a fighter, save uh, Garnet Hathaway or something like that. That, uh, you know, if if Irwin's role is to be the fighter, uh, then so be it. But it was a frustrating uh, display out there. Darcy Kemper got pulled early in the game. We'll talk a, a little bit more about that later in the show. But he did not get pulled in my assessment um, just because he played poorly. Um, I think that, you know, the defense was folding in front of him. He did allow in, you know, uh, maybe one or uh, at least one soft goal, I would say, or one goal that he would probably like to take back. But I think that ultimately why they changed and they switched goalies and went to Charlie Lindgren was because they were looking for a momentum change. And Charlie Lindgren came in and made a, a did a great job. He made, what was it, 24 of 25 saves there. So you can't ask for anything more uh, from Charlie Lindgren. So the question remains to be asked, and I'm sure we'll hear it a lot today, is would the Capitals have been better off going with Charlie Lindgren in this game, since he was so lights out for the most part, making 24 of 25 saves, would the Capitals have won this game if Charlie Lindgren started it? It is an interesting question because how come a team plays so much differently in front of a different netminder? Is that the case? Did Charlie Lindgren play that much better or did the you know or did the defense play so much different with a different goalie in there that is the question uh, because when charlie was in there it was an engaged team now you can take a look at it and go well they also didn't have hardly any shots on it in the first and they had a bunch in the second and the third that's kind of what i'm getting at here is that maybe you know it's just situational maybe that charlie lindgren played that much better because the caps were turning up the pressure in the second and third period I, you know just from my assessment of watching it i thought that darcy did a good job i just think that you know the tampa bay lightning were applying heavy pressure like i said from the moment the puck was dropped it was too much for them to handle you know, I think that they kind of still had a lot of that chip on their shoulder from that Nicholas Abe Kubel fight, or excuse me, high hit of foot. And I don't think that they have let go of that. And I think that that was kind of what motivated them to really come after this Capitals team. You know, there wasn't, you know, my biggest fear going into this game tonight was that they were going to target one of the Capitals players. And then we were going to be short another player, you know, like maybe send out one of their goons. And let's be honest here, Maroon for their team is a goon. He hasn't scored one goal this season so far. And, uh, you know, when you look at it, that is the definition of goon. Also see Ryan Reeves. Oftentimes people like to point to Tom Wilson and say that he's a goon, but Tom Wilson is a 20-plus goal scorer. Yet another prime example for me that a team that's trying to act tough when they know that they don't have the sheriff on their team, Tom Wilson out there, they know that they can get away with stuff because Tom Wilson's not out on the ice and he's not playing at all. If Tom Wilson's out there, he might go, hey, you know what? If you keep playing like that, I'm going to have a shift with you at least some point tonight and I'm going to take care of business. So 
that's the biggest thing too. You know, I talk about it a lot in the show is the lack of a physical game. I know that Garnet Hathaway has a bit of an edge to his game and Matt Irwin all of a sudden turned into a street fighter tonight. But, um, you know, what they need is just that, that fear factor of Tom Wilson out there that he is going to lay the smack down. I don't think that that would have changed um, the outcome of the game tonight per se, but I just think in general, just a lot of the games that I've observed um, th- through this season without Tom Wilson in there, it has been, you know, a lot of teams just trying to really take it to the Capitals because they know that they don't have that true tough guy on the team right now that's going to to stop them. You know, it's like pretty much, what are you going to do about it? Who's going to come after me? Who is going to come after Maroon in this case? Their goon, their tough guy. And as it turns out, Irwin went after him. And Hathaway mixed it up with him in the previous game, but I've got to say he's a big he's a big guy out there, and he's not easy to take down. You know, I'm again I'm going to give him an A for effort, Erwin that is for trying to take him on. But you know, kind of like Mantha and a lot of these other guys that fight out there, pretty clumsy out there. If you saw the last game, Anthony Mantha actually had his jersey pulled over his head. So just like I'm saying, just real kind of clumsy. Uh, moves out there. So that withstanding, though, the Capitals also did not get the offensive scoring power that they were looking for. It was just an about face of the last game that they played. And uh, the Caps really have to hope that they can find a way to to rekindle that scoring touch. Because again, if you're waiting for Tom Wilson or one of these other guys to come back, you're going to end up working your way, you know, way down the standings where you're not going to even be competitive anymore. So the Capitals have got to find a way to turn it around, you know, before it's too late. I don't want to be doom and gloom and say before it's too late already, but you know, with the way they've played this year so far, it uh, doesn't give you like a real strong sense that they're going to go in the right direction. You can play a great game against Edmonton. You can play a great game against the first game against the Lightning. And then you have a game like tonight where you played poor or you want to rewind time a little bit. The game that they played against the Coyotes. This team is really lacking an identity. Are they a real legitimate team or are they not? John Carlson said this team can beat any team out there. That's quite a big thing to say. Prove it. Don't walk it, talk it. I want to see you beat every team convincingly. If they were to found a way to win this game tonight or even made it close, you know, maybe I could have a little bit more faith uh, in that statement. All right. So after the break here, we will continue to talk about the game tonight. We'll talk about the play of Charlie Linger and we will talk about, you know, the Caps offense that was pretty much dormant through a lion's share of this game. We'll talk about that next. Today's episode of Locked On Capitals is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you've ever thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Capital listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why I love it. I had an issue where someone broke into my home. Simply Safe dispatched the police and took care of the situation. 
in an emergency 24-7 professional monitoring agents, agents used Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when the threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fire, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so you don't want to wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we're talking about the Capitals game Sunday night against the Lightning. It's a game that's kind of a tough one to talk about because the Lightning really took it to the Capitals as they fall 6-3 to to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yes, this is the same team that beat the Lightning just a couple days before by a score of 5-1. to what happened? That is the question. That is what they're going to have to figure out. How can you play so well one game and then kind of fall flat on your face the other one? Like I said, it was all about the Lightning for the first 20 minutes. They jumped ahead of 4 to nothing in the period that nearly went by with the Capitals out registering a shot on goal. Through two of the goals, took unfortunate bounces off Washington players. They pulled goalie Darcy Kemper before the period was up, writes NBC Sports Washington. Aside from a late second period goal by winger Connor Sheary, the Capitals never got their offense going enough to climb back into it. And uh, that was the big thing, like I talked about. You know, they were never engaged for the full game. You know, this is something that I've talked about in this podcast all season long is that they're not playing a complete game. They didn't even come close to playing a complete game tonight as they really got, you know, they really got taken down a couple pegs in this game. I got to say, you know, Darcy Kemper, let's get into Darcy Kemper. I know that some people are going to say, you know, that he played horribly and that was not my assessment. I know that he got lit up for four goals right away, but some of that at least was the defense folding in front of Darcy. And a lot of times when they change goalies, they do that to change momentum. Not necessarily uh, because Darcy wasn't playing well. I don't think, you know, I think he would want to have at least one or two of those goals back. But I don't think all in all he played horribly. The Lightning came out aggressive Sunday, showing the level of physicality expected for a team that lost a major player to injury on an illegal hit in the first leg of a home-on-home series. They scored their first goal at 128 uh, into the game when defenseman Michael Sergachev fired a shot that bounced off center Dylan Strome to get past Darcy Kemper. So Mikhail Sergachev, he started it all off for the Lightning, and that's kind of where it went from that. That wouldn't be the only unlucky goal scored on Kemper. Tampa Bay picked up another tally later in the period on a shot that deflected off Capitals defenseman Eric Gustafson's skate. That is the one that I'm talking about in particular. If you don't watch the repeat or the replay of that, you would think that Darcy Kemper just let that goal, that puck go right in. Not the case. It was deflected off Gustafson's puck there. 
or excuse me, skate. And that's how it went in. I don't think that there, you know, is a lot that Darcy Kemper could have done about that. You know, I guess, you know, he could have moved over. But I, what I'm saying is the goals that were allowed by Darcy, a lot of more goals like that, kind of fluky, odd goals. So I don't put that squarely on his shoulder. And all the Lightning scored four times on nine shots against Kemper, forcing assistant coach Kevin McCarthy, standing in for head coach Peter Laviolette while he's in COVID pro- protocol, to pull him for Charlie Lindgren only after 16:22 of ice time, you know, and you know that's a hard pill to swallow. Effort Darcy Kemper, you know, coming off, and I, I think he's probably still riding a bit of a high, playing for the Colorado Avalanche to get pulled. That's got to be kind of tough for the ego of any goalie. Sergachev was the standout player for Tampa in the period. He scored twice and recorded an assist on the other two to match the franchise record for most points by a defenseman in a period. And um, again, it was a team that was engaged. That was the biggest thing. That's my biggest takeaway uh, from the Tampa Bay Lightning and the, and the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals were not engaged. The Tampa Bay Lightning were. That is why you have the outcome that you have. Maybe if the Capitals took more time to play more aggressive, maybe if they did more of what they did uh, when they were scoring a bit there in the second and third period, they would have at least made the game close. You know, I just still don't know if it would have been enough for them to pick up the win because this Lightning team, they were set to destroy this Capitals team, and they did in a convincing fashion. Capitals have got to find a way to pick themselves up by the bootstraps here, and, you know, as they're going to be playing the Florida Panthers on Tuesday night. We do not want this to continue to be a thing. And if we're going to keep playing this year, you know, saying that, well, we'll play well when this player comes, well, then you're going to fall way too down the standings because Tom Wilson is one of the next players to come back. And Dmitry Orloff, they're both, you know, Dmitry Orloff is uh, one of the only players that's listed day to day. But if you're waiting for Dmitry Orloff or Tom Wilson to come back anytime soon, well, then they're going to slide way down the standings. And then that's a situation where you're looking up going, how do we get out of this? So they got to get engaged. They got to figure it out in a hurry. Um, so that's the big takeaway on this one here. The Caps offense disappears. Washington appeared to be breaking out of its scoring slump this week with a pair of five goal outings against the Lightning and Edmonton Oilers. However, the Capitals were unable to carry that over into Sunday's game as they managed little offense until late in the game and was already well in hand. Two of the team's three goals on the night came in garbage time in the third period. So what do they mean when you say garbage time? Well, it didn't really matter, really. It was late in the game. It's not like it was going to stem the tide of what happened. Um, so, you know, hopefully they can find a way to to kind of slow it down a little bit more going forward. They are playing a Florida Panthers team that is not that great this year. So hopefully they can find a way to pick up a win. The power play, which has at times propped up the offense, went silent in an 0 for 6 night that saw the Capitals manage just three shots in 949 of ice time with the man advantage. The only fi- They only fired 22 shots all night, failing to break double digits in each of the first two periods. Sheary provided the lone goal of the first 57 minutes in for Washington, taking a strong pass from Kuznetsov to beat the Lightning goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky, for the goal. That was another thing that I noticed in the game, is they almost went the whole first period without one shot on goal. 
you're not going to win hockey games unless you shoot the puck on goal. I know that's a crazy thing to say, but that's what the Capitals have got to do if they want to win hockey games going forward here. And uh, again, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but that's what they're going to have to do when they play the Panthers and all of these games going forward. It cannot continue to go this way. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about the solid play of Charlie Lindgren. Yes, Charlie Lindgren, who came out of the bullpen to help the Washington Capitals, did an excellent job and, uh, you know, kind of kept the Capitals and, you know, stopped the bleeding anymore, shall we say. We'll talk about that next. Today's episode of Locked On Capitals is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, and news and analysis. Get all of the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. And guys, even if you're not into betting, you can bet on upcoming Capitals games. So it makes it that much more exciting. So go to BetOnline where the game starts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this final segment here, we're going to talk about how Darcy started this game. He got pulled early because the Caps were looking for a momentum change. Make no mistake about it, I think that Darcy, although the scoring shows, you know, four goals right away to start the game, some of those were fluky odd goals. I am not trying to make an excuse for Darcy, don't get me wrong, but if you did watch the game to completion, you did know, and if you're a fan of the hockey, you will know that some of those were just bad, fluky goals. You know, it's debatable. You know, you could say, well, fill in the blank, that goalie would have saved it. Maybe Holtby back in the day would have saved it. Okay, you know, we could go back and forth on that all day, but that's my assessment is that Darcy, um, you know, he played uh, good. I think that, you know, uh, there's a couple of them that he would like back, sure. But in any case, Charlie Lindgren came in and stopped 24 of 25 shots. Thrust into a 4 to nothing game that looked headed toward an ugly blowout, Lindgren entered the contest late in the first period and settled things down for Washington. He stopped 24 of 25 shots he faced, giving the Capitals the chance to make the score more respectable. Lingren has appeared in five games this season and seen a tough slate of opponents, the Maple Leafs, the Devils, the Golden Knights, Oilers, and Lightning. Even so, he's managed to post a solid 3.02 goals against average and a .915 save percentage. It's unclear who the Capitals will turn to in net for their next game against the Florida Panthers. They're in the midst of a three-game road trip that wraps up Thursday with a date against Lindgren's former team, the St. Louis Blues. With the loss Sunday, the Capitals fall to 7-8-2 on the season. They've alternated wins and losses for each of their last five games, keeping them hovering around 500. So... 500 hockey is not going to cut it if you want to make a push. It's it's just not going to do it. And I know what people are going to say, Dan, you're singing the praises of this team, you know, the last game. And now you're, I'm just being realistic here. I'm not going to, to blow uh, pixie dust at you and say that everything's going to be okay if it's not okay. I'm going to give you an honest assessment of what I saw on the ice. And tonight, 
you know, them playing 500 hockey, them not getting any offensive, you know, scoring power. I know that they did pick up three goals in the game, but they allowed six goals. That is unacceptable. That is not the key to success if you want to make a push into the playoffs. Before we get ahead of ourselves and say that they're going to make it past the first round, this team has got to make it to the playoffs first, and they're going to have to do it by winning games like this. You know, a lot of people said, and I've said as much too, well, there is a long laundry list of injured players uh, on this team. And touche, you are correct. There are a lot of players, and I know that factors, and I've talked about that in this show, but you've still got to find a way to win these games. You know, are they going to have to pick someone else up off the waiver wire? Are they going to have to give someone else in Hershey an opportunity? I know everyone is dying to see Connor McMichael get more time. Whatever they have to do to get that productivity is what they're going to have to do. Whatever it takes. For me, you know, I'm kind of banging the drum on Charlie Lindgren. That is who I would have start in the next game. I mean, why wouldn't you? He played lights out for the Capitals tonight. I know a lot of times these people, they like to get hung up on titles. Well, he's not our number one. He's our number two. I'm going to put whoever in the game is going to give us our best chance of winning a game. And for me, the next game, Darcy was a little rattled. I think, you know, go to Charlie Lindgren and see if they can pick up a win against the Florida Panthers and then just kind of gauge it going forward. But getting back to basics, you know, making the most of your opportunities, staying out of the penalty box, making the most of the power play. These are all the fundamentals of winning hockey games. They got to find a way to do it. You know, the defense and, you know, we hear a lot about the defense and the defense has kind of been hot and cold this year. If you take a look at some of the games, like the last game, for example, not this one, but the one, the uh, first game against the Lightning, the defense played pretty well, I got to say. Not so much tonight. So that's what I'm saying. The hot and cold, there's not any continuity of play. It's kind of all over the place. This team is really kind of struggling for an identity. Who are they? What are their strengths? I think that this is an odd time for the Capitals. We're used to Backstrom and Ovechkin and Oshie and Carlson and all these guys that you kind of know what you have in them. You don't really have to guess what kind of production you're going to get from them game in and game out. But there's been some new players that have been inserted. See Dylan Strom, Sonny Milano, uh, Kubel, these different players that you don't really know what you have in them. Dylan Strom seems to be playing pretty well. Another kind of been a little bit hot and cold as of late. Connor Brown was a guy that they picked up. Guess what? He got injured. So, you know, kind of some tough luck for this Capitals team. Um, just a ton of guys on injuries. Again, I'm not making that as an excuse. They're going to have to find a way to find make wins. They're going to have to win hockey games with whoever they decide to put on the ice. They have an AHL affiliate in Hershey that's fully stocked of players. They have their options, you know, of who they would like to have. They can check the waiver wire, a trade, who knows what the case may be, but they got to find a way to wiggle the wires here and jumpstart this team uh, so we can get back into the win column. Again, I, I hate to be, you know, hot and cold, but I'm just, I'm not, you know, some of these hosts of these shows, they pick a directive and they go with it. They'll say, you know, I'm going to take a positive approach and it's going to be positive, positive, positive. If, if the Caps fall six to three tonight and all I do is I tell you that, you know, they did a great job and da, 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 you're not, that's not going to have a lot of credibility. That's going to be a skewed assessment of, of a team. Conversely, if I was negative on every episode, I'm going to try to give you my honest viewpoint 
for each game, game in, game out. I'm not going to make a blanket blanket statement how this Capitals team is going to play for the rest of the year because I don't know. It's this is a team that does not have an identity. We saw that tonight. You know, first game against the Lightning, lights out. This game, horrible. So that is my mission on this show is to give you my thoughts on a game-to-game basis. I'm not going to only always take the positive approach. I'm not always going to take the negative approach. I'm going to give you the what I saw on the ice tonight approach. And tonight, I'm telling you, they needed some work, and they need some work going forward if they want to make any chance of making a push here. All the beat writers kind of peg this team to be a bubble team at best. Kind of seems the direction that they're going in here. Let's prove everyone wrong that they can do it. You know, you're starting to get some of these players back. I do want to have an optimistic attitude. That is the best, uh, you know, attitude to have in life. If you want to look at this, if the team's going to suck, then you may as well just not even watch the rest of the games this year. If you're dead set that they're going to lose this year, then just turn the TV off, do something else. I'm tuned in. I want to think that they have a chance. You know, I'm I'm kind of excited. You know, I'm excited. What what players are they going to bring in? What what is this team going to look like when Tom Wilson comes back? When you know Oshie comes back and Orloff and all these this myriad of players that has been out of the lineup? What are they going to look like when they come back? That's what I want to see here, guys. So that's the approach that I you know I that I want to take, and I think that that would be a good approach, you know, for everyone else. Because if you're going to have a negative attitude and kind of dismiss this team as losing already, then you may as well just watch something else. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.